Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the free agency edition of the Kelly Green Hour, as we are a mere three days away from the opening of the new NFL league year and one day away from legal tampering, which is always fun, which obviously legal tampering happens before then, but we are getting ever so closer to the beginning of the National Football League's 2022 season getting underway. I'm your host, LG Harrell, and joining me as always is my co-host, Connor. Connor, I wanted to wish you a happy belated birthday as uh, you got to celebrate the big, how old are you now? 30? I'm 29. 29. 29. I was close. I was close. Been doing it. I can't believe that we're going into our fourth off season, fourth or fifth off season together. Fourth like, off season together. Yeah. It's it's crazy. Never honestly, like when we started out on this venture back 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 in the day, like did we? I don't know if we really thought that we would continue this four years later, and here we are. And I, I'm I can't wait to get in to dive into this upcoming uh, off season uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles and and some of the moves that have already been made. Yeah, definitely. I mean, thank you for the uh, belated birthday wishes. It was a good weekend. Uh, we sent the the kid off to be with the grandparents and uh, got to enjoy well, pretty exciting week as well from a football perspective. Because mm-hmm. uh, even though the MLB is actually going to play ball this year, it was yeah. completely overshadowed by Aaron Rodgers. And then when we thought Aaron Rodgers was getting his moment in the sun, it was Russell Wilson's turn. <laughs> then it was Murray Cooper's turn. Then it was the Carson it Wentz. just kept Carson Wentz. I mean, Carson Wentz, whatever. <laughs> Everybody was just like, oh, you settled. But that is what that is. Um, but man, the just what a week. What a week. And this has definitely been one of the far more active prior to the start of the league years that I've seen in recent memory, which is great. It's good for the sport. It's good for, you know, free agency. It's good for teams. It's keeping things active. And I can't help but feel like the LA Rams have kind of made teams push to be more aggressive versus just settling for, oh, I'm going to settle for this contract or that contract. I'm going to wait and see whose market dries up and grab them and stuff. I feel like the LA Rams have really made teams like, look at the LA Chargers. Look at the Denver Broncos. It's really made teams consider. And it's not even just the Rams. It's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like, I know it it wasn't a trade. It was a signing of Tom Brady. But, like, if you can get yourself a legit top five quarterback, you have a chance to win the Super Bowl. That's what it comes down to, and that's why Howie Roseman is always looking to improve the quarterback position. Um, but as you mentioned it, like you mentioned the moves, Aaron Rodgers going back to Green Bay, on um, announcing he'll go back to Green Bay on Tuesday. And then Wednesday, Russell Wilson getting traded um, to Denver for a couple first, couple seconds, three players. It, it was a hell of a haul for Seattle. Then on, I think, Thursday was Carson Wentz getting traded to Washington. And as you mentioned, it was more of a Washington tried to get Russell Wilson. The Eagles and Washington tried to get Russell Wilson. They both put out offers, and Russell declined, since he has a no-trade clause, declined to come to Philly and Washington. He, he's just the West Coast guy. Like Even though he's from this area, uh, or not this area, but he's from like the East Coast. He was, he was from the DMV area. He wanted to uh, – and it could have been more of a you know, happy wife, happy life type of thing since, since she's uh, – Sierra is, I think, more of a West Coast – person so that that's what that could have been and because you can't tell me that you have a better chance to win the afc west than say the nfc east with 
with Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes, with the Chargers and Justin Herbert, um, and the Raiders, like that division is going to be tough. And then, then that, I think that Thursday or Friday, is Khalil Mack. Tough. Yeah, the whole conference. Thursday or Friday, Khalil Mack got traded to to the Chargers to to pair with Joey Bosa on that defense. Um, there, and then Amari Cooper get, um, on Saturday getting traded to to Cleveland. There's been so much, and as you mentioned, like. Baseball is a dead sport. I'm not. I'm gonna keep it 100. Baseball is a dead sport. They haven't done throughout their whole labor negotiate. They did nothing to speed up the game to make it more interesting for young people. Like it is a 162 games is way too long. Nine innings is start. Like I love the seven inning doubleheaders because I mean let's go. Let's you have to speed up the the, the pace of play. These three these four and five hour games are ridiculous. And baseball is more background noise to me. I can't really watch it. I, I used to be able to watch a full game on TV, and I used to keep a, a, a book and, and whatnot. I can't even – like, it, it's background noise. I'll, I'll check in and be like, oh, Bryce Harper's up. Let me see what he does. And then I'm changing the channel. I just don't care. Um, but when it comes to football, I need to watch all 60 minutes, um, you know, mm-hmm. and then in the offseason. It, 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 football has turned from a, a six-month sport to a 365-day-a-year, 12-month thing. It, that's what it is. I mean, um, I, there's like a couple months there after the draft, after, you know, the the rookie camp and stuff where there's a bit of dead time. But that's about it. Honestly, like you said, it's pretty much an 11 months of the year sport. There's maybe four weeks through the whole 12 months, sched- 12 months of a year where things <laughs> actually slow down and you can breathe. But then next thing you know, things start ha- like this week's usually a very quiet or last week is usually a very quiet week. People are just figuring out what they're going to do. The franchise tag happens. The deadline passes. You know, sometimes there's controversy there. If someone doesn't want to sign their their uh, their franchise tag and stuff, that's about the biggest event that usually happens last week every year. But mm-hmm. this past week was huge. It was huge. So that, that, that a week you generally say, oh, these people getting tagged, whatever it is, what it is. There's a couple releases of some players, but nothing big. There was a lot of big happen, which was great. For the and, sport. and looking at it from an Eagles, an Eagles point of view. Actually, before we get to that, um, let's shout out our partners over at the uh, Fight Philly Fight Network, Connor. Absolutely, give them a follow on Twitter at FPF Network, um, FightPhillyFightNetwork.com. Um, I know things have been a little quiet, but I know with free agency just around the corner, podcasts are going to roll. The draft, the month and a half writ- away. Yeah, the draft. There's going to be some written content rolling. There's going to be a lot of stuff rolling out of there here very soon. So make sure you give them a follow and uh, make sure you bookmark that website. Yes, definitely. Um, but so from a Philadelphia Eagles perspective, when it came to like the franchise tag, like Chris Godwin was somebody the Eagles potentially could have went after. Um, he, he got franchised. Uh, who's the other? Rec- there was another receiver that got franchised that, that th- could have potentially. Wow, I can't. Well, Mike his... Williams got. Well, Mike Williams extension. got signed. Yeah, he got that three-year, sixty million dollar extension. There was somebody else that got franchised. I, I can't believe I'm blanking, but like that could the Eagles could have had of interest. And then obviously the Russell Wilson trade, the Eagles made an offer. The one thing I think we're no, we're gonna see hopefully, and it's not just him or, or not just like him probably telling his favorite reporter look like look hey just say that we made an offer even though we really didn't like hopefully they're going to be aggressive they have the money to to and, and the assets if they want to go out and, and be aggressive like the one big name now is Deshaun Watson Deshaun Watson was cleared of all criminal charges now obviously there's the civil the civil suits that that he he could be held accountable for but with having you know no criminal 
uh, anything going against him, he's a big name. You got the Seattle can make a move for him um, with the with the the assets they just got from Denver. Carolina, obviously, he being from that area, um, they can make a move for him. The Eagles, um, obviously, you know, Howie sending, even last year, sending investigators down to Houston to, to do his due diligence to um, turn over every stone in regards to what's happening with, with Watson. Maybe even Cleveland, they want to improve from B- Baker Mayfield. Deshaun Watson is available. And I have been the proponent of going after Deshaun Watson from day one, from when when it was made that he that Houston wanted to get rid of him. And obviously – with him having a no-trade clause, he has the power to say where he wants to go. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to see where he goes, what they give up, whoever he, whoever he gets traded to, what they give up. I am hoping the Eagles are, are the team that he, he gets traded to. You have to have a quarterback to have a chance to win in this league. And, and, I, and Deshaun Watson is a top five to seven quarterback in this league right now. I don't know if Jalen Hurts can get to that. Deshaun Watson would instantly be the best quarterback in the NFC East and maybe the third best quarterback in the NFC by Aaron Rodgers and Matt Stafford. Um, like, and, and that gives – and with all that's going on in Dallas, trading Amari Cooper, um, Demarcus Lawrence might have to get cut. He, he, he's not going to take a pay cut. Um, Lyle Collins was, off, uh, was said to have uh, been – said that he can go out and, and, and search for a trade. Because they're paying Zeke so much money, they're paying Dak so much money. Um, the the Eagles have the opportunity to become the to, and and the other thing is there hasn't been a back to back back to back winner in the NFC since the Eagles did it back in 03 and 04. So the Eagles have that opportunity if they can upgrade the quarterback position with the weapons that they had on offense and you know. They would be they would be able to make to make themselves viable in the NFC. I want a home playoff game. I look, I get it. We made the playoffs last year with Jalen Hurts as a wild card, but we still had to travel. Imagine a home playoff game at the link. How crazy that would be. This is what that this is why I want the Eagles to go after to to you know leave no leave no stone unturned, go after um Deshaun Watson. And look, if you make a legit offer and he said, he just says no, and Houston trades him elsewhere. Okay, like you tried at least, and I'm not saying that like whatever offer you give up, or he's gonna, you know, um, put us on his team, his his list of teams. But go out there, make this move, and do what you have to do to improve the court. You like I mentioned, you're not going to make a run at a Super Bowl with a top tier quarterback in 2017. Like was, uh, a, I don't want to call it a farce, but that was a like. Nick Foles just got hot, real hot at the right time. Mm-hmm. Could Jalen Hurts do that? I don't know. He's not as good of a thrower as as Nick Foles, so I, I just don't know. And, and you have to win by passing the football. You can't win by running the football. This isn't the 70s and 80s. This is a passing league now, and you need a quarterback that can hit all the hit all the throws, see the field, and I believe Deshaun Watson is that guy for the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, I mean, I, I, <clears throat> I agree. Like, if you get the chance to go after Deshaun Watson and to get Deshaun Watson – I think, you know, the Russell Wilson trade really set the tone. It really set the market. You're guaranteeing you're giving up three firsts. You're guaranteeing multiple other draft picks. You're guaranteeing at least a couple players. It, it's going to be expensive. 
you know it's going to be expensive. Deshaun Watson's younger. Deshaun Watson is is very proven as well. Um, so you know the market's going to be hot. I think you know the the fact that teams like Washington didn't have the patience to wait and see the Deshaun Watson situation through, uh, even knowing that Friday was going to be a humongous day and like what was going to happen with Deshaun Watson and his circumstance. Um, the fact that they didn't have the patience to wait in Indianapolis doesn't sound like they're going to have that a lot of patience to wait. I think speaks volumes to there's probably something to some of the conflicting reports going around that there are a couple runaway teams and there's a reason a lot of other teams are dropping off the map as far as Deshaun Watson goes. The main teams you hear are, you know, Carolina and Seattle. And then, you know, Philly's in the discussion. But, I mean, there's conflicting reports there of Aaron Wilson said, um, you know, Philly's out of it. And then there's reports that say, obviously, Philly's still going to be in it. But there was rumors that Watson would not decline to waive his no-trade clause last offseason for Philadelphia. So there's a lot of conflicting reports. There's so much going on right now. And to, to me, if you can get him, you go and you get him. If you truly do believe yes i get it i understand the circumstance you can't get anywhere without the quarterback position being settled first if you believe you're a quarterback away and you're willing to give up there's the massive cap hit and there's the massive capital to move for him go ahead so i don't think i i don't think our defense is good enough i don't don't, well right now it's not but the one thing i might disagree in terms of the, the massive capital. I get that Denver gave up, but that was because like um, Russell Wilson would have been fine staying in, in, in Seattle, but Houston has already said he's not going back. They kind of put themselves under the, obviously mm-hmm. if there's a bidding war, the, the, the and you know, the, the whoever's bidding against each other are all like Wilson will, or excuse me, Watson will accept the trade to, Obviously, then the, the capital will be built up. But, like, Houston kind of put themselves in this position where they've already said he's not going back. They are getting rid of him. You may, depending on who the, who the team is, you may be able to you, – you might not have to give up as much as Denver gave up for Watson – or, excuse me, Wilson. Because Wilson, in theory, never had to really leave Seattle. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's where – I'm I'm a little like if there's a bidding war, obviously it could get out of hand, and, and maybe I would step away. But if if it's just like one team, you might not have to like if you're bidding, you don't you're you're going to be bidding against yourself pretty much. I, I can definitely I can see that and I understand the perspective, but look at what the quarterback market has already done, and like we've seen it where teams do this and they kind of they basically you know. The Philadelphia 76ers with Ben Simmons and stuff, you pigeonhole yourself because teams know you have to get rid of a guy. Teams know that he's not coming back. He's never going to take another snap. So what do you have to lose by not just accepting a deal and getting him off your books, especially the contract? But I think this quarterback market has positioned itself that it ain't going to be cheap. To think that you wouldn't at least be giving up, you know, two firsts is Definitely the minimum would, two firsts and if, if you know, all I had a couple to give up, day two picks. If all I had to give up was two firsts, I'm doing it because you have three firsts this year. I'd give this up two thing, firsts in a heartbeat. 
the, the stance from, from Houston has been, and it hasn't fought, wavered one bit in the last, what, is, what has it been, 18 months that this has been going on? It's five assets minimum. So you know it's two firsts, okay. so, couple day two picks, so is maybe Houston, a player or two. So, is, so Houston can say that, but if that means that if they don't get that, they're going to pay Deshaun Watson to sit home for a second straight year. And if there's only one team that he's willing to go to, and I'm not, it could be, it could be Seattle, it could be Carolina, it could be the Eagles. If that, that's the only team they're going, like, you, if if that's the only team that you're negotiating with, you're not getting all those assets that you want. It's just not going to happen unless you, you you'll if if you don't accept it, you're going to sit there and pay Deshaun Watson for a second straight year to sit home and not play for you. That's where he used to put themselves in a, in a gamble. In yeah, a hole. I, I agree. And, you know, they need the assets. That's the thing. They're a rebuilding team. They absolutely need the assets. The only blessing here comes from the fact that if they pay him, I under, they're a rebuilding team. Paying him to sit on the bench next year, I don't think they care. They'd probably do it if they're not going to get the proper return. And it only hurts Deshaun Watson to sit out a year. It only continues to hurt him to sit out his age 26 season, going to 27 and 28 now. And the blessing is after 2023 or after next season, his dead cap is 10 million. So then there's a whole nother discussion. You're obviously not going to cut the guy and he's still got the big cap hits in years after. But it hurt. I feel like it just hurts Deshaun Watson more. But like I feel like the market has positioned itself that there's no chance that Howie's gonna get a deal, like a good, like a a, a Howie deal done. You know what I mean? He's not, not gonna get that Howie deal done because you know where Carolina's at. Matt Rule's job is hanging by a thread. He was told to go out and hire a great offensive mind. He brought Ben McAdoo in, so he knows that his big play here is to get a quarterback. Sam Darnold is not the answer. So like. The market has positioned itself in a way that I think it ends and it, it would be a bit in war. And Houston gets what they want out of it because that's just where we're at because the draft class isn't good. The, what, the well is drying up of quarterback talent. There's no free agents that you really want. There's a bunch of placeholders if you want a placeholder for a season. But some of these teams are at a point where you can't get a placeholder. Matt Rule's job is on the line this year, so Carolina can't take a placeholder. Like Tampa Bay, teams like that, they can't take placeholders because they're in it to win it or their jobs are on the, some jobs are on the line. Yeah. I'm I'm just of the position that the only way Houston gets what they want, whether it's the five to seven assets is if there's a bidding war. If there's two teams that Watson is willing to go to and they have to bid against each other. Otherwise I don't, I just don't see it happening because I don't think that fan base wants, wants Watson there anymore. And I just don't see them. It doesn't make much sense for them to sit there and pay all this money to a guy to sit home for two straight years. It just doesn't make any sense. They they want to, and Lovey Smith has said it like they need to. I don't want to say rid themselves of Sean Watson, but figure this situation out and and move on from from him before it 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 goes anywhere else. So like that's what needs to happen from a Houston perspective. Will it? I don't mm. know. Um, I, I just don't, they're putting, they're pigeonhole themselves. Like they've already said that he's not coming back. And then like you go out and say, you're not going to get him for five to seven 
if, if there's only one team that's bidding for him, you're not going to get these five to seven assets. Just well, if that team is smart, it could be a dumb team like Carolina who thinks they're bidding against somebody else like um, Washington did for Carson Wentz, giving up what they gave up when Indy was just going to cut him or like what Cleveland gave up for Amari Cooper when Dallas was just going to cut him. Like you're bidding against yourself and you're going to overbid that you're dumb. That's why dumb franchises continue to do dumb things and continue to be bad teams. Um, you know, like if, if it's a smart team that realizes, look, it's just us. Like why, why are you going to go and give Houston what they want when you know, it's just you it, again, my perspective, if, if I'm a GM and I realize just from, you know, talks, like it's just me bidding for Watson, I'm not going to give Houston what they want. I'll give them two first. Sure. Like Watson is that good of a player. That's fine. Cause you're not going to find a, probably not find a player as good as Deshaun Watson in the first round where you're picking. So oh, you want, you want to first for sure, but I'm not giving you seven. I'm not giving you seven assets. It makes zero sense for me. And I'm, I'm, I'm bidding against myself. So you guys can hold on to them and pay them to sit home. Fine. And you can continue to alienate your fan base or you can get what you get and give me the player that wants to come to my team. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, with hopefully weekly shows, over the next uh, month or so and leading up into and through the draft. I'm sure this is a discussion we're going to continue to have every single week. Mm-hmm. So for this week, we'll leave Deshaun Watson at that. But yeah. let's turn to Fletcher Cox. Fletcher Cox trade rumors are again heating up, obviously. He was supposed to potentially be moved at the trade deadline. Things didn't come to fruition. Um, and now the Bills, Chargers, and Steelers seem to be teams of interest. And... Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Like, are, we, are you trading Fletcher Cox or are you holding Fletcher Cox at well, this point? I like Fletcher Cox. And look, he's obviously older and he's not at his peak like he was, uh, what, four or five years ago. But he's still a good player. And like paired with, um, you know, Hargrave, like the teams still devise their offensive line game plan to double team Fletcher Cox. That's why his numbers like he, he's not on the stat sheet as much. He gets double teamed a lot. Look, he's not Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald is a once in a generation type of player, but Fletcher Cox in his heyday was the second best defensive tackle right behind Aaron Donald. Um, that's why he had all those pro bowls and, and whatnot. Um, I keep him, And oh, not only is, do I keep him because I think he's a good player still. And, and, and like, he's an all time Eagle and I, I get it. We don't want to get too, too emotional and too embraced on the whole being an all time Eagle and bringing him back. But he, a, he's under contract and B that's a huge cap hit. If you trade him, we traded Carson Wentz last year and took a $32 million dead cap hit into the season. If you trade him, if you trade Fletcher, what is it? 25 this year, maybe 40. I don't, I don't know the exact number, but it, it's a lot of money for him to play for another team. And, and no, just keep him. let him play for you. Um, and you know, you could continue to build, like if you keep all three of these first round draft picks, you build the offense, the defensive line around him, you go for a defensive end, David Ajabo, maybe, uh, Jermaine Johnson from Florida State. Uh, maybe you even bring in a, a, a Trevon Walker from Georgia. Maybe you even bring in a Jordan Davis so that you you have like you'll have young you have young studs behind Hargrave and Cox and Davis and Milton Williams. Um, and maybe next year's the year that 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 you potentially get rid of Cox or you know Cox may think of retirement. Who knows? But you build build get defensive ends around them. Get some linebackers behind them. So that when he is eating up these double teams, the linebackers can make plays. Um, so again, I'm not getting rid 
of Fletcher Cox. Um, he, he's still a good player. He's not at that peak that he was a couple years ago, but still, he can make plays, and he's still a, a leader on this team and a leader on this defense. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, and basically, you're sitting one more year with him. 2023 and 2024 were void years, so he, he he's a free agent at the end of this season anyways. Um, it's just all the dead money that's there. All the restructures you got this guy to do, all that money is just waiting in a heap at the end of this season for you to pay up, pay your dues. How he has to finally pay his dues for all the restructuring that he's done. Because, I mean, if you look back to 2018, Fletcher Cox is restructured. There's almost been a restructure by Cox every single year for the last four straight seasons. So you, at the end of the day, he's done all he can to help you. And now you got all this money piling up. And that's not really his fault. That's how he's fault. That's how, how he decided to play the game with Fletcher. And nobody's going to eat all that for you. His cap hit this year is $14 million, but his dead cap is $40 million. So the, the the money is massive. It, it, it plays the biggest part in all of this, and it needs to play a massive part in it. Because at the end of the day, it's, our, what are we getting out of it? Because the, the, the return is like, somebody's got to eat this cap, and then we got to eat a bunch of dead. So we want to offset the dead money by getting a good draft capital in return. But he's a 31-year-old defensive tackle. He's got some good years to come. If he's put on an, a defensive line like the Pittsburgh Steelers or like the L.A. Chargers have now built, of course, you can probably have a great season because we're talking night and day between what the Eagles have as a defensive line and what these two teams have as a defensive line. But are you going to get the return that you want? I think it's better to let Fletcher Cox play beside Javon Hargrave and those two continue to feast in the middle or eat up bodies, eat up double teams and help the edges this season in Philadelphia. I just think it makes the most sense. I don't think the return will ever make sense for us. Taking like at this point, you would want at minimum a day two pick. Round two, round three. And I don't think any team is giving that up. And then you have to consider the cap ramifications after the fact as to why not just ride out one more season with this guy and we face the music next season when the dead money is due and do we re-sign him? Do we figure out a way to build some dead money into a new contract? Do you figure that stuff out? That's what, how he's good at. So you can make more of a decision, a better, more well-informed decision at the end of this season. So I think I agree with you, LJ. I think I'd keep Fletcher Cox around unless you get a complete. If some team literally says we'll give you a first, you absolutely pull the trigger on that. Your cap ramifications, you live in, you deal with that because you just got a first round pick. But who's going to do that? Yeah, if you do get a first round pick, then that would make it a lot easier if you were to go trade for, say, a quarterback for Deshaun Watson. Because if you had to give up the two, maybe, and then a, a second as well, like you still have two first round picks. Like that, that's what, again, first round pick may, may change it, but I'm, I'm keeping uh, Fletcher Cox around and, Again, he's a, a vital leader, um, somebody that a lot of the young guys look up to. So I I, I have, have no issue with keeping him keeping him on the roster um, and let him keep pairing him with Hargrave and let him be a mentor to to Milton Williams and um, if we if we draft Jordan um, Jordan Davis or any other defensive tackle because you know how he's going to do that um, continue to build that defensive line. So let him still be there to be to be the leader of the uh, defensive line. hundred percent. And uh, we might as well jump from one veteran to another veteran. 
Uh, Jason Kelsey's coming back. He's got a new deal. The spec the specifics of the deal are still unknown. It's one year. It's $14 million. He's the highest paid center in football. That is all we know how the breakdown works. You know how he de- it's not a $14 million cap hit. We know how he there's void years. There's dummy years. There's everything. They everything that he, he can find in the rule book. He's going to throw at this contract. And it's probably a contract that really this year costs us five or six million dollars probably something like that um uh, you know if you're following the kelly green hour twitter at kelly green hour um i will post it when the final actual breakdown comes out for everybody to see but for now he is the highest paid center in football and rightfully so he's been an incredible center for philadelphia he's been an incredible all-around center overall considered an undersized center when he came into the league and by most standards of what a center looks like in today's NFL he is undersized but he is an absolute monster I constantly I continue to think back to that play where he's running stride for stride with Miles Sanders last season to set up the next block that just picture can never leave my mind about Jason Kelsey he this is something we talked about throughout the offseason. If J- Jason Kelsey says, I come back, how we will figure out what to do from a a financial standpoint. Because there is no way you say no. There is no way you say, I can't fit you into my cap. Jason Kelsey is vital to this offensive line. And this shouldn't mean don't take a center or don't draft the interior offensive line by any means because Jason Kelsey continues to throw a lifeline to Howie year in and year out and Howie has yet to actually address it. I mean, I know he picked up Landon Dickerson, but Landon Dickerson has fit perfectly on the left side of the line with Jordan Mailata, so you can't really consider moving Dickerson into center. Um, but, I mean, we'll see. The lifeline is out there again. Jason Kelsey is coming back for another season. I am excited. I think this is all important. If Jeff Stoutland, most important, Jason Kelsey, number two, one A, one B for that offensive line. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, obviously, if you have the opportunity to draft a Tyler Lindenbaum, um, if you keep all three first round picks at you know sixteen or nineteen, fifteen, sixteen or nineteen, you do it because he may potentially could play the guard for a year and then transition over over to center. And it also doesn't hurt that he gets a year of being taught by Jeff Statland and Jason Kelsey. So going into a second year, he will have all that, the lessons that he learned. And, he, and you know, if, if God forbid something were to happen to Kelsey this year, you have a backup, a, a true, a true center backup. I know you have, like you mentioned, we have Dickerson who potentially could do it, but he's been so good at left guard. You don't want to move him. Um, so we'll, we'll see uh, how that goes, but yeah, it's definitely great news. Um, you know, he was he was the, the mystery host on WIP on Wednesday and Nick Sirianni called in and Jeff Stoutland called in like the the organization loves him. That was a great pick by, uh, you know, Andy Reid back when they drafted him. Um, you know, we're fortunate that uh, like, even though he struggled, that he was still given that opportunity. We're real fortunate that Chip decided to trade him away like he did to, uh, like he did to Sean or cut, cutting to Sean and not bringing Macklin back and trading Shady like. Yeah, he could have did that with with Kelsey too, and I'm glad because because you know Chip's motto is always big people beat up little people, and while Kelsey's not the biggest person, he's still he's still really athletic, and it still gets the job done, and it is hasn't shown any signs of, of slowing down. So great move by the Eagles to, to get him to to come back, and can't wait to see um, how how this offensive line. I know they'll be another year older, but how they gel, you know, continue to gel together. Um, with with Dickerson and whoever's going to play right guard. 
Absolutely. It is a great sign, and it goes without saying how, how important Kelsey is to this organization and how loved he is. And and people, man, people, every offseason, they, they get their tissue boxes ready, they get prepared, because you know whenever that day comes where it is a retirement speech, there will be many tears shed for Jason Kelsey. I also uh, think he's, sure. he's obviously an Eagles Hall of Famer, but I really think he's a pro football Hall of Famer, too. I agree. I, I couldn't agree more. I think he, he definitely, I mean, centers are an underrated position they are so important and and jason kelsey shows that especially how important that position is um when you've been around for so long and and how different of a guy he is like from a size perspective and everything he's not this big wide guy who's going to eat up the middle but he's so athletic he's just so good he's so his football iq is off the charts he's so smart so, I mean, the, definitely, I would agree with you. Eagles Hall of Famer, NFL Hall of Famer, without a doubt. Um, but we don't want to think about the Hall of Fame yet. We want to think about another Super Bowl. We want to think about moving forward with Jason Kelsey as long as we possibly can. Mm-hmm. Lastly, before we dive into free agency, Carson Wentz is coming back to the NFC East. We kind of alluded to it going to the Washington Commanders. The return was like... Uh, Wentz in a second for I think it was two thirds and a sixth or something along those lines. Um, and one of those thirds from the Colts can become a second if similar to what we did, he plays 70% of snaps. So um, there was also yet another damning report that came out pretty much the same day that he got traded saying that he lacks leadership and can't handle hard coaching. Two teams. Two very similar reports about how he handled the situations with the teams. I backed Carson Wentz up, and now, you know, the story about Darren Sproles came out um, about Carson Wentz and him getting injured in the locker room and players having to step in between them and stuff. I don't know how much more I, I respect him for what he did the year we won the Super Bowl. But I start to have find myself having an incredibly hard time defending him anymore and saying we moved on too soon. It feels like we've moved on at just the right time because two identical reports is not coincidental. Yeah, it's not. Um, I'm, I, I'm, I am a, a Carson fan. Um, I, I think when it comes to being a quarterback, he's better than Jalen. Um, maybe he doesn't have what it is in between the in the in between the ears up in the. In his in his head, like I don't get it. Um, if like he was resent, resenting the Eagles going on that run after he got hurt, that's kind of messed up, or not kind of messed up, really messed up. Um, if he was telling the other injured players that like he was resenting that you know, Foles going on the run and kept winning games and getting the Super Bowl, um, I know like he did like he was he had 27 touchdowns, seven interceptions I think last year. Um, he, he turned the ball over in pretty bad spots. I get it. Um, everybody talks about that last game against Jacksonville, and he kind of kept putting the blame on, on Carson. And look, Carson didn't play well, but aren't the Colts supposed to have a really good defense? And they let that terrible Jaguars offense go up and down the field on them and score. Like, I get that Carson is a quarterback and deserves a lot of the blame, but he, he's not the only one that deserves blame for that game. The offensive line, you know, had multiple third and shorts, fourth and shorts where. You know, they would give the ball to the best running back in football and Jonathan Taylor, and they couldn't open up holes. And he got stuffed. Like, that's not on Carson Wentz. Um, the defense not playing well, not being able to stop Trevor Lawrence and Marvin Jones in that offense. That's not on Carson Wentz. But, you know, Carson did make a couple of bad um, 
you know, a, a couple of bad throws here and there. I get it. And again, it's not all on Carson. Carson deserves blame, yes, but it's not all on him. Uh, we'll see how he does in Washington. Um, I don't. It, it'll be interesting. I, I do, you know. Obviously, the Eagles, Eagles Commanders game has got to be at least the one in Philly has to be a prime time game. Uh, hopefully, early in the season. I want it early in the season because I don't like. Who knows if Carson will be playing at the end of the year? We don't know. But I, I, I want to see how Carson does in 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 Philly uh, against the Eagles. Uh, if it's Carson versus Jalen. Um, I do fear that he's going to beat us once, at least once next year, which stinks. Cause like Washington was all right, but they didn't have like t- Taylor Heineke, a quarterback. Carson is better than Taylor Heineke. And if, if, if that defense can stay healthy and with Antonio Gibson and, um, uh, the, the receivers, Curtis Samuel and Terry McLaurin, like. And that if that offensive line can get right, they have the weapons, and they, they like they won the division with that with Alex Smith two years ago. Obviously, the Eagles tanking that last game, but they have an opportunity to to be a good team with if their quarterback can play well. And I think Carson ha- still has it in him, um, and and that's what worries me. Washington became a better team by by trading for uh, Carson Wentz. Absolutely, I mean anything was an upgrade. Well, I won't say anything. There's a lot. There's a lot of names out there that would have been an upgrade over Heineke. Um, Carson Wentz definitely is one of them. And I mean, Washington, just like Denver, was one of those teams that was often talked about by people as being, you know, a quarterback away. Um, I think Washington's a few more positions away than Denver is. Um, I think Denver looks way better now with Russell Wilson. Washington looks better with Carson Wentz. But there are still some voids to fill and to make sure that Carson Wentz has what he needs. The NFC East is a lot easier than that AFC West, though. Oh, 100. The NFC is way easier than the AFC. The AFC, when when I go through it and I look at the teams and I look at the playoffs, I'm like, there's about three teams I guarantee I rule out today. Mm -hmm. The other, the other, the other 13. It's, uh, it's wide open. I, I'd give any of them a chance. I, I don't believe I'd rule any of the other 13 teams out besides, I think it was, uh, what would it be, the Jags, the Texans, and the Jets right now for next year are a sure thing ruled out. Anybody else? I think it's uh, a free range in the mm-hmm. AFC. The NFC, you definitely can't say the same thing. But Carson Winman, it sucks that he came back and he's back in the NFC East. You hate to see someone who you know, was a big part of your Super Bowl run. <laughs> you drafted him. You you caught, you molded him. You did what you did with the guy, and now he's coming back, and now we got to see him twice. And he gets to play the Colts next year, too. So it's going to be mm-hmm. a very emotionally charged season for Carson Wentz um, and the Washington Commanders. So that will definitely be interesting. Um, but, yeah, I agree with you. That, that game definitely has to be in primetime Commanders and Eagles – Jalen Hurts, Carson Wentz. Give us a Monday you know. night with Buck and Aikman. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Look at that. The big, the, the big payday for Buck and Aikman. They're uh, moving over to Monday nights. It'll be interesting, that's for sure. But um, beyond that, let, let's quickly dive into a free agency preview before we wrap things up. Um, I want to know what position or positions do you want to see addressed in free agency instead of the draft? Um, I obviously, when you take a look at the free agency class, you take a look at the needs that we have. What are a couple positions that stand out is that we got to come at a free agency with somebody on the Eagles instead of the draft? 
Um, I, so we need a second receiver, and I and I know like a lot of names are off the board. Um, Allen Robinson's still available. DJ Shark, Juju Smith-Schuster. I would rather go free agency for a receiver than draft. I, like I know there are a bunch of guys that that are going to be highly touted. You know, Traylon Burks, um, Landon, uh, the guy from USC. What's his name? Um, USC receiver. I can't think of his name right now. Drake London. Yeah, sorry. Thank you, Drake London. Um, you know, th- there are receivers, but again, Howie has such a hit and miss when it comes to mo- mostly miss when it comes to, to the receiver position. Um, this is where I use free agency or trade to, to, to get a, another receiver, a one a or a two, you know, call up Seattle and see what, what it would take to maybe get DK Metcalf, even though they're really, they're potentially like looking to move, um, uh, Tyler Lockett, um, but I think Lockett's a little bit too much like Devontae Smith. They need a big guy, big guy that can, that has speed and that, like DK would be perfect. Um, you know, I would trade if, if it only costs one first rounder. I would trade a first rounder for DK. Like you're not going to get anybody a receiver as good as DK in the first round this year, so that would make a lot of sense. Um, when it comes to safety, like unless Hamilton is going to drop down to you or you're going to trade up to him, I would go like for Justin Reed potentially or marcus williams even though williams is going to cost a lot um linebacker we know that they don't prioritize linebacker um like the 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 big names in free agency bobby wagner jordan hicks wagner i just hope he doesn't go to dallas uh that would suck um and i know there's 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 talk between the two uh, of that potentially happening so we'll see um i would love nicobe dean in the draft um you know devin lloyd potentially um, or Christian Harris, like I love Nagobi Dean. Uh, get get you a young guy that that could be a day one starter and could be here for for maybe ten years. Um, when it comes to defensive end, I would probably stick with the draft. I don't really think there are a bunch of de- like Chandler Jones is thirty two, and the Eagles are linked to him. Um, so maybe they they sign somebody and obviously still draft somebody. It's expensive um, though. Like it, look at yeah. Hassan Riddick, he's I wouldn't be shocked to see that man get 15 to 20 million dollars. Like, yeah, it'll cost you significantly if you want to test the edge market. And it's not very deep. That's why it's going to cost you, because like a, a guy like Chandler Jones is probably going to fetch up a fair amount of money for 32 as well. Yeah. Fortunately, the Eagles <clears> have <throat> the money. Um, but like. um, But also have the, the, the draft capital and it, it's going to depend on if they what they do in the trade market. Do they have the the fortune of being able to, to trade for Deshaun Watson. That changes everything. Um so so obviously this is something that we'll see. But come Wednesday, four o'clock, you know, or even Monday, starting at four, we start hearing names that the Eagles are linked to and they've come to contract or come to an agreement with, you know, this that on Wednesday they're gonna sign this person to this deal. But like it's a mix, but like when it comes to corners or a corner probably would do draft safety probably free agency receiver free agency defensive ends draft linebacker both draft and free agency yeah um for me yeah i think wide receiver and and safety are the, the are two of the biggest needs that i think need to be addressed through the uh free agency 
Um, we need an X that can win outside. That That's the thing, whether it's a speed guy, whether it's a big guy with speed like DK Metcalf, whether it's a big guy who's got that sure thing, contested catch win ability like Allen Robinson, or whether it's a, a speedster. I, I, I mean, to me, it's tough to find a speedster in this free agent class who wins at the X position. But I mean, you know, we're, we're linked to Juju Smith-Schuster as well, you know, so that would be your speedster on the outside would be Quez Watkins. Quez would move to the uh, movable X type position and Juju would become your, 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 your big slot guy. I mean, there's, there's different ways to go about it, especially here in how high the Philadelphia Eagles are on Quez Watkins. Um, obviously, the, the idea would probably be that he's going to get more usage, and it just depends how, how they address through free agency as to where Quez plays, whether he plays inside at the slot or whether he plays outside at wide or whether it's a mix and match. Um, but I think like someone who you know can win at the at the catch point, I think is definitely something we that really needs to be considered because it's something that the Philadelphia Eagles have sorely missed. Um, at tight ends have never really been known for that. I mean, you we see Dallas Goddard; he had some killer drops, some major concentration mm-hmm. drops and stuff last season. Devonta Smith, I mean, you saw Jalen Hurts throw up throw up the prayers and try. But it's difficult with Devonta Smith. His frame is not really there. He's a he's a gifted player, but from a physical standpoint, he's not always able to win at the catch point. Quez wins with speed. He burns. I, we we know that. If he gets a stride on you, hit him in stride. He'll he'll make that catch. But to me, like Allen Robinson stands out so much to me. Juju stands out so much because he can work in the slot. He he knows what he's doing there. He's that's where he's done his magic. When he was with Antonio Brown, when he was working the inside with Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson and stuff, Juju can do that stuff for you. So someone who's a real winner and and the the room is young. I understand that a lot of people want them to draft a first round receiver again, which is uh, to me is ridiculous. I think it's too many years in a row. And like you said, the hit rate is so spotty with with Howie. I wouldn't trust it. I'd trust him more to take a name and and to put some money into free agency. Um, but to me, like the age is too young. Our, the average age of our room is under the age of 25 years old. We need some veterans mm-hmm. in there. We need even like Allen Robinson and say Jamison Crowder, you know, like try and do a mix where you get some, uh, some veteran presence, a veteran slot guy, uh, an older guy, but that, you know, can win and be your ex. You can move around the formation. Um, to me, that that's what we got to look at. You can't continue to draft the wide receiver room and expect guys to properly develop without some veteran presence by their side. So at least one, and they're if gonna not probably, two agents. And they're going to probably and probably should, and if they don't, they should move on, move on from Jalen Rager and our, our th- um, J.J. Arthega-Whiteside. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're right. You mentioned the, the youth in the, in the room. They need veteran. Exp- that's what the one thing I wanted last year was a vet, vet guy to be brought in to help, you know, Devontae Smith and Quez. And look, I, I get that the Eagles are saying they're high on Quez Watkins, but I don't think he's a number two. He's he's a number three, yes, not a number two. So like you said, bring in somebody that can win on the outside. Um, and Allen Robinson, um, Juju, D, DJ Shark, like bring in somebody that, that's played in the league, that has experience, and that can teach these young guys the way of, of you know, of the NFL receiver life. 
even Christian Kirk's a name like he can win on the outside with speed too. Um, I think he's too much like Devontae though. And I think the the cost is too much. Fifteen million dollars is a, a, reportedly the going price. That's rich. That is very rich for a guy who this is his year. This was his big year. This was his I'm getting paid on this year. It feels too much like the Corey Davis situation in in with the New York Jets. He got paid a whole lot of money. It feels like Christian Kirk's going to get paid a whole lot of money and probably not perform up to the caliber of the contract that he's getting. So that would be my concern there. And yeah, he is a lot. He's he's smaller. He he's thinner in the frame. That that yeah, he, he feels a lot like more like Devonta Smith, like something you already have in house. Um, but I mean. And to, to go out and draft a first-round wide receiver and then to spend a ton of money in the market just doesn't make sense. you got to pick one or the other. You're, you're not going to get that Howie going in hard, especially after what they've said about Quez. They're not going to go in hard with high-end payment in free agency and a first-round draft pick wide receiver. That's just not what Howie's going to do. They like Devonta Smith. They like Quez Watkins. They want to find a two. And they're going to find that, I think, best in free agency. Um, safety, like you alluded to, that would be the other position I think needs to be addressed um, in, in free agency. Um, Marcus May is another name I really like. He had a really down year. I've spoke, I've alluded to that. He had a bit really down year last year. But the years before that, he was a really good safety. And that may be all on the New York Jets and what happened last year with the New York Jets. They were terrible. The offense got abused week in and week out because the team just wasn't that good. The offense wasn't producing. So I think Marcus May took a bit more shade than maybe he should have. And, of course, he was injured as well. Um, Tyron Matthew would be good. Obviously, the Honey Badger, I think he's going to command the most money and the most attention on the market. So I don't know if how he's going to go all in there. Uh, Marcus Williams, of course. Uh, Quandre Diggs is still out there as well. Um, There's a lot of names out there. And you know Darius Slay would love Diggs. They played together in Detroit. Yeah, absolutely. You know that that if Howie values the input of some of his veteran players, Quandre Diggs is probably up at the top of the list for a guy like Darius Slay. Um, Although, based off of everything I'm seeing, Diggs is not really, hasn't really been attached to the Eagles name at all. So we'll see how things go when the Tampa period starts tomorrow. What injury did he have? Cause I know he's hurt still. I'm not sure right now off the top of my head. Injury. I'm not a hundred percent certain, but yeah. Yeah. But, but safety definitely. I, I agree that that should be addressed through, through free agency and same with wide receiver too. Those two things you take your 23 million and I would be perfectly content with, Three quarters of that $23 million going towards one safety and one wide receiver. Without mm-hmm. a doubt, I would do mm-hmm. that. Um, and, of course, it's actually surprising how he hasn't done more with the cap. The fact that there hasn't been more moves made to free up cap space. But I know probably Monday, Tuesday, you know, that tampering period and stuff, there's probably going to be a lot of this guy restructured, that guy restructured, and there's going to be some more money open up. I don't think how he goes into free agency with less than $30 million in his pocket prepared to spend. So we'll see what happens there. I also think Rodney McLeod comes back. I, I think so. it'll be Rodney McLeod, Kevon Wallace, um, Marcus Epps, and 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 a big free agent signing, and likely a draft. I think he, they draft, but probably not day one. Maybe day two seems to be a safer market for the safeties, and maybe day three, I guess. It all depends. 
But those are the two big positions I'm focused. I'd be focused in on um, during free agency. You alluded. We we kind of alluded to edge quickly there. <clears throat> mm-hmm. It's expensive. It's going to be rich for the couple of names that are high up there, and then after that, it becomes all right. Is it any better than is it any better than Derek Barnett? Probably not. So that's why I think uh, the draft makes the most sense for Edge. Draft makes the most sense for linebacker. But I do think Howie will go out there and get at least one free agent linebacker as well. Maybe a veteran, but definitely someone. I mean, Jordan Hicks is now a free agent. So that's definitely a name to watch, a potential uh, reunion there. Um, Bobby Wagner, like you said, would be a nice name. Um, there's a lot of older guys, Anthony Byers out there. So there's some names to definitely keep an eye on that he might want to bring in with the hopefully high end draft pick that he spends on a linebacker, but I'm not holding my breath on that one either. That's true. And before we finish off here, there's actually Deshaun Watson news. Uh, the Saints and Panthers have made offers for Deshaun Watson and are likely to meet with him soon. Um, other teams are also involved. Watson has a no trade clause and wants to meet with teams before formally waiving it anywhere. So should and be I a fun. See, I market. also saw that was per rap sheet per Tom Pelissaro. He says multiple teams are willing to pay minimum three firsts for Deshaun Watson. So well, he's worth it, it sounds like there's gonna be some bidding against the, the market the market was set with Russell Wilson, and I think that even though everyone knows Watson's gonna be out. There's the market's just too hot. Yeah. So we'll see. It'll be, it'll be fun. Uh, definitely a fun next couple of days. Uh, definitely follow us on the Kelly green, uh, our Twitter at Kelly green hours. Connor, you know, is going to be up keeping everybody up to date with the, uh, the moves, uh, in regards to the Eagles and even some of the big moves around the league. Um, but yeah, I can't, I can't wait, Connor. It's going to be, it's going to be fun. Yeah, I mean, I love free agency. I, I love it more this year because we have money to spend. Last mm-hmm. year, we didn't have money to spend. You know, COVID wreaked havoc on how he's playing, of how he restructures. And, oh, well, the cap's going to go up X amount each year. I'm going to allocate X amount to restructures and dead money. And, you know, that's how Howie works his magic. And COVID hurt that. And with if, without a COVID, as we spoke before we came on the air, as long as – the NFL continues to make money and doesn't have a down year, which, ha, funny joke, it's, it's, <laughs> it's making NFL. billions upon billions and growing by billions or hundreds of millions every year. Um, so that's not going to happen. And assuming we move on from COVID, it's in the rear view for at least a minimum five years. We're going to have money to spend, how he's going to work his cap magic. I mean, realistically, unless things are dramatically different this year, hopefully Howie isn't here in five years. Hopefully we're not talking about him like this in five years. But um, it's good to see him have money to play with. And I think, like I said, he's going to open up more. I don't think he enters Wednesday at 4 p.m. without $30 million. Howie can be here in five years if he's just dealing with the business side of it and dealing with contracts. I do want I still want another GM here. I agree. At least some people, some more people in Howie's ear. Somebody, Howie being someone in somebody's ear would be better. Yeah. Howie just be a voice and there'd be a couple voices and then one guy that makes the ultimate decision between the scouts and between the money guy. Definitely. No, I 100% agree with you. Yep. Well, thank you for listening to the Kelly Green Hour. As This was our free agency edition. Um, as always, you can follow us on Twitter at Kelly Green Hour. Follow Connor on Twitter at Connor10. And follow me on Twitter at LJHorrell54. Also follow our business, our partners over at the Fight Philly Fight Network at 
FPF Network on Twitter and check out the website at fightfullyfightnetwork.com. We will be back next week when we will talk about the signings uh, that happened with the Eagles and throughout the NFL, the big signings, as we expect the free agency period to be high and heavy right away, unlike, you know, Major League Baseball, which they've had a signing period. They've been able to sign free agents over the last, what, week or so and just have been no moves, particularly by the Phillies because baseball is a boring sport. Uh, They don't know how to have fun like the NFL (laughs) does. Uh, For Connor. I'm LJ. Thank you for listening to the Kelly Green Hour.